to the triumphant return of Film Rating Review. My name is Jean-Marc Lejean, and I am happy to be back. That's right, after a two-year, that's right, two-year hiatus away from this podcast, I have finally returned. Yes, the last time I filmed was in 2017, Halloween, in October of 2017. That's right. It's been two long years, and there are a few movies that are bringing me back. And one of them is the Kamal Nanjiani vehicle, Stuber. Stuber was directed by Michael Douse. It was written by Tripper Clancy. It stars Kamal Nanjiani, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian, Iki Uwes, Timmy Taro, Betty Gilpin. This movie got a Metacritic score of 43 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 46. That is not very good. Here is the summary to the movie. When a mid-manner Uber driver named Stu, Kamal Nanjiani, picks up a passenger, Dave Batista, who turns out to be a cop hot on the trail of a brutal killer, he's thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he is desperately, where he desperately tries to hold on to his wits, his life, and his five-star rating. That was a pretty good review or summary of this movie, but I think I have a better one. Stuber is a movie with Kanon Anjiani and Dave Batista in it, and it is a Uber advertisement. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's a buddy cop movie with some humor in it. Yeah, I came into this being very excited. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I loved The Big Sick and gave me a lot of love for Kamel. I've watched a lot of his stand-up since then. I, yet again, listened to The Indoor Kids. Couldn't wait to watch it. I went to the Alamo Draft House to watch this, which, by the way, is my recommended way of watching any movie. They make you silence your cell phone. They can serve you food and beer. It's great. They do this thing at the Alamo where they tell you to be quiet, and they'll get a celebrity to tell you to do it, and Kamel did it. And they used the same royalty-free song that I used for this podcast. And I was like, oh, wow. I, I might have some listeners at the Alamo Draft House or one of them in Austin, Texas. I doubt it. But anyway, Stuber. I, I couldn't wait to watch this. I was building it up, and I knew that I was going to return to film rating review. But without further ado, let's get into the movie. Awarding. This movie is spoilerific. That's right. If you don't want this movie spoiled, do not continue listening. But if you're never going to watch this movie because you're afraid of those Metacritic scores or you just don't think it'll be that good, that's fine too. But feel free to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. That would mean you're cool, but if you're listening at all, you're cool anyway. Stuber! Stuber, Stuber, Stuber. I walked in with high expectations, um, or even like, I was just like, I just want it to be like a fun movie. So the movie opens with Karen Gillian, Dave Batista's co star from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 Nebula. I know Karen Gillian, she has red hair, but she's actually bald in real life because doing that character, she has to shave her head in order to put the makeup on to create the character that she is in Guardians of the Galaxy. But, you know, she, I like her. She's okay. She's in the beginning of this movie. And, of course, 
There's immediate action, and to my surprise, I didn't even know this. My boy Iko Uwais, or better known as the main character in The Raid 1 and 2, is in this movie. I love this guy. I love his fighting style. I, I love him. He's amazing, and I was so excited. And then they started showing the action, and it was zoomed in. Shaky camera. There's not too much wrong with shaky camera, but zoomed in is where I have the problem, right? You can't see the action that's happening, and that was all like pretty much all over the place in the very beginning and end of this film. That made me a little upset. I wanted to see the action. I wanted to see the fighting. Uh, there was a lot of tackling and uh, ah, uh, ah. If you learn anything from watching The Raid Redemption 1 and 2 and then Captain America Winter Soldier who watched The Raid Redemption movies and said that's how you do action, you know to pan out and show every single thing that they're doing. And even the John Wick movies are good at showing you the action and not zooming in and you know rumbling it to make it seem more exciting or something or seem, make the action seem more intense. I know that's why they do the handheld camera they did a lot in the most recent Jason Bourne movie, which was terrible. It wasn't great. The point is, is that the action was okay, and they did this big action scene. Of course, Dave Bautista's a big cop. Karen Gillian's his partner. They walk in. They start shooting. They get into a shootout. His name Tejo. Eco's uh, character name. So Tejo gets a gun, shoots his partner, runs away. Dave Bautista starts crying, and... Karen Gillian's character dies, so she was introduced and killed very quickly. And I also, just as a note, I knew this going into the movie, that Camille is actually going to be in The Immortals, the new Marvel movie that's coming out. We started to work out a little bit, got some tips from Dave Batista. So technically, there are three actors in this movie that are Marvel people. So let's move on. So they cut to Camille. He just finished working at a retail store. And he has to give his manager a ride to Uber. Of course, his manager is from the Netflix show American Vandal. I love American Vandal. And it didn't get renewed on Netflix, so there's only two seasons. I think it's very funny. But the actor from American Vandal is in Stuber. He plays the boss of Kamel Nanjiani. Kamel's name is Stu, so he, as a joke, calls him Stuber, which is the name of this movie comes from his not nice boss so he drives him to work he needs money because his love interest at the beginning of the movie wants to open a gym so he co-signs with her and is going to give him part of his money to invest in this gym come to find out that his love interest well she's kind of dating off and on someone else and Camille's kind of jealous and yeah so then dave batista he can't really see without glasses so he decides to get corrective vision some lasik done to his eyes and that is why he needs uber he meets up with his daughter they dinner she puts uber on his phone and she's like here you go just use this you'll be able to go to my art show that she's doing and he's like sure i'm gonna be there so she puts it on there he wakes up the next morning finds out that tijo from the raid redemption found out that he knows where his whereabouts is from a source so he gets an Uber because he tried to drive his own car and crashes it everywhere, which I thought was pretty funny. Gets an Uber, and there is Stu, Kamel Nanjiani's character, Dave Batista, meet. And the comedy 
just goes on from there, I guess. Uh, they finally meet. Kamel just talks a lot. I guess that was a decision they made with his character that he made is that he talks a lot. That was interesting, but it wasn't like gut punching. I do have to say before I continue that a lot of the best moments in this movie were ruined by the trailer. If you saw the trailer, you saw the best parts of this movie. It kind of ruined a lot of them and Probably my favorite scene was whenever he gets in the car and then Kamel picks up two other people and he says, you're at Stuber or Uber Pool, you know, you get other people in here. And then Dave Batista yells at him and they run out. And I was like, man, that would have been great if I hadn't seen it in the trailer. <laughs> I hate when movies do that, but it, they literally played the best moments in the trailer. And more people laughed while watching the trailer in the theater than they did watching it just when it actually happened in the movie because I guess everyone who watched it saw the trailer uh, also we noticed that movie theaters weren't packed uh, Metacritic score wasn't big but the audience there was no one there uh, the user scores are about the same as the Metacritic scores they're about half yeah I was a little discouraged with all of this but I, I still trudged forward finally get to see Dave Bautista, Kamel Nanjiani two people that I love Love seeing in a movie together. So, Kamel brings him to his first place. He finds the guy that gave him the information about my boy from the Raid Redemption, what he's doing. So, he's like, hey, they're over here. He tells Kamel that if he wants a five star rating, he needs to keep driving him. Kamel had just lost a star rating and he was going to get under a four. If he didn't get Dave Bautista's five-star rating because, well, he chased off the girls and they gave him a one-star. And there was something earlier in the movie where Dave Bautista was wrecking because he couldn't see in his car. And Kamel got another one-star because of him. So he really wanted that five-star rating. So Dave Bautista was like, you stay here and keep the meter running. And he's like, that's not how Uber works. Like, it doesn't matter. You stay here and keep the, you know, whatever. I'll be able to come back and use you as a driver first time Kamel doesn't go with him but the second time he steals Kamel's keys he tells Kamel's character you have to come with me into this strip club and then when he does it's all male dancers that's kind of funny I guess and as they're walking by someone hands Dave Batista a dollar thinking he was also a stripper great joke didn't make me laugh I liked where they were going Dave Batista finds the contact at this male strip club which is a woman named Tate's or whatever it's like a French name that's okay. So he's talking to her while Kamel is talking to one of the strippers about the girl that he likes, the fact that he has a crush on her, but he never told her. And then she called him while, or they, they kept like doing FaceTime. They did FaceTime every time they talked. I guess this is a thing that's trending, but I still text people. And I don't know if this is a realistic thing, but I think it's to show people on camera without really showing them on camera. You just have them talking into their phone. You know, or not, not just calling you, but you can actually see them on the screen by having you use FaceTime. She used it almost in every interaction except texting him every once in a while. Which I was like, oh, that's okay. It's just a little unbelievable to me. But still, it was fine. But, you know, as they were voice chatting and, or, or FaceTiming, I guess, and behind him a stripper walks by with, with a big his penis was out. And I was like, I didn't need to see that. No one needs to see that in a movie. <laughs> and there was no nudity other than a male penis. So I was like, okay, <laughs> we don't need to see that. But I, I get it. It's funny. She saw it. He was in there. 
He was, it was actually a really fun conversation that he had with the male stripper. It was one of my actual favorite moments of the movie. I thought it was really funny. And there was another part in that scene where it implied that Dave Bautista was, was gay. But nope, it, that's not how it was in this movie. Whenever they did that scene, he just said, oh, that's weird. And then they moved on. And I was like, okay, so what is this movie? I don't know what this is. Uh, okay, it's different. They even changed the the line in this scene that Dave Bautista said to something funnier uh, to make us laugh in the trailer. And I don't know, it was just kind of strange. And they get back in the vehicle and he starts to steal Kamel's keys every time he goes into a place to force Kamel to come with him. And I thought, okay, that's a good thing because what Kamel discovers uh, while he's in the strip club with FaceTiming with the woman is that she is drunk and she wants to have relations do a hookup with Kamel because she just got left by her boyfriend and she's always dating jerks. So Kamel was like, oh, I can finally score with this girl or get together with this girl I've been crushing on. And then you come to find out that he had done it before while they were watching the movie. Uh, Sally met Sally, I don't remember the name of the movie. Anyway, while they were watching a movie, she wants to watch it again. So she's implying that, yes, she wants to have sex, and she straight up mentions it. So he wants to go over there and do things with her. But Dave Bautista's character is stealing his keys and telling them he needs to help him on this chase. So it's literally come out bringing him from set piece to set piece every time he gets somewhere. What's going to happen in this one? Well, he goes from the strip club to the next scene, which is at, in Compton. He goes into some guy's house. He roughs them up. They had some funny comedic moments. And they were okay. I think it made me laugh a little bit. He beat up a few of them. Gets one guy, puts him in handcuffs, put him in the back of Kamel's car. Gives Kamel a little tiny gun. Kamel has it. He freaks out, shoots the guy, starts screaming. I laughed a lot at this moment, uh, seeing Kamel react to shooting someone and screaming and you know acting crazy I, I thought that was great so they shoot him then they go and they also found that there was a dog there that had swallowed some drugs and was throwing them up so he got mad at the guys punched them and brought the dog with him and brought the dog and the guy who got shot to a vet in order to get them both fixed up so the dog threw up all the drugs the gangster guy that they got and got sewed up and Kamel was starting to question him about everything, about, you know, why are you doing this? What is happening? You know, I shot somebody, and then this is the second time that they have a big shootout. Kamel goes to leave and then gets captured. And guys come in with guns, and they have a big shootout, and they find out where the next place is. They text on the phone that he died to throw off the authorities. And, of course, when he texts somebody, it goes to this woman who worked with Dave Batista that you saw earlier in the movie. And it was like, oh, it's kind of like the police chief, I think. And she was at Dave Batista's daughter's art thing that she was doing. So then she's like, oh, he's dead. And she hugs the girl and she leaves. Then Dave Batista's daughter thought that was weird. I was like, okay, why'd they show that scene? No, that was kind of weird. Then... They go to their next set piece where he's out of bullets. So Kamel takes him to the department store he works at so they can get some bullets. He gets in and, you know, they're buying bullets. And then this is where Dave Batista and Kamel finally fight each other. Kamel's been trying to get to this woman that is distraught and he, he's secretly in love with. He wants to go 
you know, help her out, be emotional and physical support for her. And Dave Batista really needs him to drive because he can't see with his LASIK surgery, which, by the way, he bonks his head on so many things. It was kind of funny the first time, but they did it so many times showing him running into things, and they did it again during this fight. Keeps missing Kamel and, and hitting other things. And I was like, okay, I get it. He can't see that well. You can kind of see things blurrily. And it was okay. It wasn't like, ha, 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 you can't see. That's funny. It was just kind of like, oh, it's a thing they're doing. They fight. And this fight basically was the old style of being a man, of like being tough and being a manchismo and, and being like, you know, you have to be strong to the new millennial way of being a man, which was like being in touch with your feelings and not being a butthole to everyone and respecting women, knowing the women are the future. And then I was like, okay, I get it. I get the point. You know, every time they yelled at each other, it was about like these, these like points about this is the millennial way. Well, this is the tough way of being a man. And I was like, I, I get it. You know, they should have maybe one sentence of that. And then the fight went on for a very, very long time. I think too long. Because there's a moment where he's hitting him with a bat. The other one's punching him, punching at him. And it was just, it took a long time, this fight. And I think they thought it was more fun to have it longer. I didn't feel that way. I, I didn't think that it was poignant or good for them to do that. And once the fight was over, I was glad because I wanted the movie to pull forward. For it being an action scene where they're fighting each other, I thought it was a little bit slow and they were just repeating the point over and over again. So then Kamel's boss, who made up the name Stuber, who was a butthole to him in the beginning, catches them. Then Kamel, like, loses it because he's angry about how the night is gone. And was like, no, I don't want to do this. And then grabs the crossbow his boss was holding. And the boss admitted to Kamel that he was his only friend. The reason he picks on him is because he thought that's what friends did. I thought that was like, okay, why is that in the movie? Okay, and then they go to the next scene. And Batista, he admits that his father left him in the desert alone with a knife one night when he was a kid. And that made him this tough person that he is now. And he said, Kamel needs to do that. And Kamel was constantly talking against him on that. Like, that's not what a man is. Being a bad parent, that's what, that makes your dad. And he's like, but that made me a man. That made me the tough person I am. And Kamel's like, well, you need to be more sensitive. And then he goes to his daughter's thing. And he goes there to get keys from her because he wanted to get more guns and weapons. And then... Yeah, she gets upset with him. Kamel talks to the daughter. I thought they had pretty good chemistry, actually. And then they leave, and then that's when they go to the department store. I forgot that order. Anyway, point is, is that he does meet up with the daughter, and Kamel's like, you were a terrible father to your daughter, like your father was terrible to you. You shouldn't keep that going. I thought that was interesting and kind of a good point when it comes to millennials. They don't want to end up like their father. Uh, they want to be a better person. And you, you can't blame millennials for wanting to be better people. So yeah, they get to the last part. And Tisa tells Kamel to leave because it's going to be dangerous. He's loaded up with weapons that he got at the department store. So Kamel leaves. He gets on this phone. Another video chat with this woman. He tells her how he feels. He tells her he's in love with her. And that 
he really wishes she was and she was like I'm not in love with you I just want to hook up and he's like that's not what I want it's all your fault she's like why is it my fault and he's like yeah okay it's not your fault it's my fault I, I can't talk to you anymore because I'm in love with you and we're friends and I can't keep talking to you because you know it's not fair it's not fair for him to wait around and hope that someone will fall in love with him who never will who only uses him for emotional, physical support in between each person that she's been with. And I've kind of been in that situation before, and I get it. I, I understood completely. If, if you're in love with somebody and you're friends with them, you need to cut that off immediately or tell them how it feels and cut them off because you are wasting your time 100%. That's one thing I loved about this movie is finally showed that in a really interesting way. It happens both ways. It happens from men to women and women to men, but still, uh, you have to let that go because humans have this, uh, sometimes can get obsessed over things and obsessed over people specifically. will have you thinking of the, the best parts of them and not seeing what they're really doing to you. I'm glad that it showed this because it needed to, I think in certain ways and certain guys and women who obsess over people who treat them like garbage. And he decided, as he was talking to the girl, he saw one cop car go to meet Dave Batista because before he told him how to leave, that he was going to call the cavalry in to help him. And he called his cop friend that was at his daughter's art thing, and she ended up being a bad guy, so it was just her going. Well, I thought that was a little weird that it was only one cop car. So the woman shows up to back up Batista, or so he thought, and she pulls a gun on him. And she's like, I was the mole. That's the reason the FBI is getting involved in this. And we had to take you off the case. Which, by the way, was something that happened, but whatever. <laughs> so she has a gun on him. He's like, oh no. And then Kamel hits her with his car, which is an electric car. Which is another millennial thing to highlight. I get it. He's a millennial. He even makes a joke about wanting to start his own brewery. Wow, what a millennial thing, starting his own brewery. What does he live in, Austin or California? So he hits her, and they're getting away in his vehicle. They shoot at the other cars. This part was very funny, very fun. This is what I wanted throughout the whole movie. Then, as they're driving, the battery in his electric car dies. And then, they get hit. They go rolling down a hill. They run away. And then, my boy from the Raid Redemption is chasing down and they're going through a sriracha plant and they overcome him i'm just gonna get through all the action which was okay and stuff that they showed in the trailer which was like great like a lot of the ending action scene was in the trailer then as the guy gets a gun and is about to kill dave batista dave batista's daughter shows up the guy goes to shoot his daughter and then camille jumps in the way of the bullet dave batista gets on top of the guy from Raid Redemption is about to kill him, and then the daughter tells him to stand down, and then the police show up. They're both in the hospital. Dave Batista hugs Kamel, starts crying, and Kamel did it. He taught him his millennial ways. And Dave Batista taught Kamel some stuff about being tough and telling girls how he feels because he was able to be honest with her and tell her how he feels, but at the same time be tough enough to tell her he doesn't need her in her life. So they hug in the hospital. Then it cuts to Christmas. Dave Batista's there with a the dog that ate all of the stuff or whatever. And it's now his dog, which is nice. And he goes into the house. Kamel's dating his daughter. They close the door with a reef with five stars on it, which he gave Kamel whenever they're in the hospital and gave Kamel like $5,000, which I guess was enough money for him to invest in this class with this girl, which he said he would still invest in. Anyway, that's it. That's the movie. I'm, I'm a little 
fractured in my retelling of this film because it didn't flow the way I wish it would have. And I really wish this would have been a better film and I wish the best parts weren't shown to me in trailers. I think the best way to go into this movie is not knowing anything and going in and laughing and being surprised by it. Kamel is good. Kamel is funny and so is Batista. And I really think this maybe comes down to the director or maybe the writer of this. It just it's something didn't flow for me. It, it just wasn't... I wasn't, like, having fun. And I, there were some points where I really, really laughed. And there were other points where I was like, okay, where I didn't really... It wasn't a not funny movie. There are some really funny parts. And the action scenes are okay, especially the driving. The chase scene was probably my favorite action scene in this. And the shootout at the vet's office was also very good. It's just whenever they're doing the fighting scenes and fighting hand-to-hand, I wish that would have been done a little, a little bit better. Dave Batista was fine. You know, he kind of played Dave Batista. you know. I kind of like whenever he plays Drax because he has a little bit of character there. And Kamel kind of played Kamel like a millennial sensitive version of Kamel. And Kamel was fine. He was funny. Yet again, he proves that he can be a leading man, but I wish he would have been in something a little bit stronger like he was in The Big Sick. Who was my favorite character in this movie? Man, uh, that's difficult. Probably Kamel, uh, but sometimes maybe Dave Batista. actually. I thought he was okay. I didn't think he was... Oh, no, I, I think it was Dave Batista. He was okay. Uh, Kamel was kind of annoying sometimes, and sometimes I wasn't in love with his jokes. I, I love Kamel, but that'll bring me into the cheese factor. There was some cheese in this movie I, with him and the woman, him talking to the male prostitute. There's just a little bit of cheese. There's nothing where I was like rolling my eyes like, oh, this is so lame. But there was some of that, the father and daughter stuff. I thought that was good. I just wish they would have leaned into that a little bit more. I wish they leaned into Kamel's relationship with this woman. Because in the first scene with them, they're just signing a thing together to own a gym. You don't really understand her relationship with him or her relationship with this guy who she ended up bringing up with. You just thought it was a guy she was interested in. I don't know. It's just certain things needed to be fleshed out a little bit more and maybe have a little bit more human moments because it almost felt like a, an action movie that they punched up to be more of a comedy. Because if this was a straight action movie, eh, it would have been actually worse. And the fact that they injected a little comedy into this, I think elevated it to a better degree. I wouldn't recommend going out to theaters, but I would definitely red box this movie and see it for yourselves because it's at about a 40-50%. Half the people hated it, half the people liked it. It's not super hilarious, but it's not bad. But it's not great. It's just like a regular good movie. Something you have on in the background. But I love Kamel. I want him to be in things better. He will be in Marvel's uh, Immortals, I think they were called, or Eternals, I don't remember. <laughs> but he will be in that. It'll be interesting to see Kamel's movie career go forward, what choices he's going to make, and what he's going to do in the future. And yeah, that's it for this episode of Film Rating Review. Thank you for listening. Please check me out on all the social medias. If you like video games, check me out on Game Rating Review and my new podcast with David and Nick, Geek Rating Review. And remember, don't put too much popcorn. (laughs) And remember, don't put too much butter in your pot.